0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA a member FDSE.
1: Someone that came to my, one of my latest courses, she messaged me at the end of one of the classes to say, Do you know, I just feel a little bit less afraid on Thursday nights. And I thought, you know, it, that, that's what this is all about. I feel a little bit less afraid and a little bit less alone. And I think, you know, that is it for me. That, that felt, that's what I want.
0: Hello and welcome to Fertility Life Raft with me, Alice Rose. This podcast is for you if you find yourself longing for a baby and then finding that the path to bringing them home is not easy. It's for you if you've had enough of feeling like you're losing sight of yourself because that's how I felt too. And it's also for you if you're supporting someone going through this and want to understand a little bit more. So welcome to a totally safe space, honest conversation, real and raw stories shared, and a little bit of topical stuff too, because I really believe it's not all down to you to get through this. The world needs to catch up too. Hello everybody, welcome back to Fertility Life Raft. Uh, This episode is with somebody who has become a real dear friend of mine. And even though we've never met in real life, which is so often the case these days, isn't it? Um, But one day, I really, really hope that that changes because um, I have found Helen um, to be somebody I can just talk to about pretty much anything. And she is one of the most wise and gentle people out there. She is full of knowledge, full of wisdom. And if I had known about her (laughs) when we were going through our own journey. Helen is the person I'm sure I would have wanted to have on my team as somebody who I I had supporting me and I just think she's wonderful. Um, So let me tell you a bit more about her before we get stuck in. She is primarily a yoga teacher um, based in Greater Manchester in the UK here, teaching at her new studio The Fold, hence her Instagram handle which is at The Fold. And she specializes in yoga for women who are trying to conceive with an emphasis on creating a restorative space for connection to self and others. And the studio is a hub for trying to conceive support with lots of other events like women's circles. And she's now started doing holistic treatments, including womb massage. And I know that Helen has recently um, come to find herself in this space, which she calls being a conception doula. And the word conception meaning um well all kinds of things that we conceive and it's it's just such a glorious uh space that she's creating a, a beautiful space actually and her her instagram is just full of gorgeous imagery and i i envy her ability to to create beautiful looking content um and, you know in just a, a seemingly so simply um but it's a real pleasure to have her here sharing her little drops of wisdom uh, on the show today, so I really hope that you love this episode. Ellen, welcome to Fertility Life Raft. It is such an honour and privilege to have you with me. You know how much I love you, and now I'm really excited to bring you to, uh, to, to my listeners. Um, so first of all, I'm very jealous of your weather, that's the first thing to say, and you're sitting in your gorgeous uh, yoga studio there, and I can see out. How- your window sunny beautiful garden that's the first thing to say because where I am it's gray and horrible and raining and just miserable so yes very jealous of that secondly please just share with everyone what brings you to this space what led you to work in this field oh it's a great question
1: to start with I'm so it's such a privilege to be here and I've been looking forward to this conversation so much So, um, yeah, well, I I was thinking my kind of, I would say, I don't really like to use the word journey, but it kind of works, doesn't it? So my journey was trying to uh, conceive started in 2010. I had a long journey, um, five years, it took me to um, bring a baby home. And in that five years, I felt very isolated, all all the things that people go through on that um, experience. I have always practiced yoga, and I am a teacher, I've um, been a teacher for 23 years in, in primary schools and in universities, and I, I thought I would have this dream, and I'm sat in the dream right now, and the dream was that I would um, weave together my yoga, my own experiences of infertility, to offer out a space for women to connect with each other to use yoga and the tools that we might associate with yoga to find some pockets of calm um, and to support a support space. And I'm sitting in it now, which is, uh, I finished it yesterday. I <laughs> actually finished all the paintwork. Every single little bit of it is pretty much finished. Ready to receive uh, later on this summer and in the autumn. And I really want this space to be a hub for women to come and, yeah, a little, I'm imagining it a bit like a harbour where you can come and you can meet other people that are going through it and I'm hoping that there will be yoga on offer, holistic treatments, uh, a space to be, women's circles, that that was my dream because I was so lonely, lonely and anxious I think are the two words that would sum up those five years to me and I know that not everybody wants to sit and talk about their experiences but I very very much did and in 2010, 11, 12, Instagram wasn't around. It was the community that I think is around now, which I think is amazing. I know you're such a big part of. That didn't really exist. So I did make some connections through Mumsnet, um, who are still very, very good friends now. And that was so important to me. I needed those people so, so much. And I still do, actually. And I wanted people to have that. So there's that two twofold thing really is is breath work body work all that kind of work that we can use to come back to ourselves but also the connection and being seen being heard and being understood.
0: Oh I love you <laughs> I just feel like I feel like you have this almost over overarching, like actually very maternal energy that comes through and you' you are you're such a nurturing kind of soul and i think every time we speak and and we we've actually not met in real life which i still think is just the weirdest thing i forget
1: that actually we have
0: honestly we must have spent hours on the phone and, and and we met through instagram and we met and actually i was trying to think just before we hit record how did i um how did we meet and i i actually can't remember how we first connected See,
1: I remember being a Cat and Alice event and thinking, oh gosh, I wish I'd had that. Like, I wish I'd had that opportunity to go to something that was a nice thing, like a nice thing, drinks, nice dress, meet some people and feel like, you know, uh, this is not an experience that I am enjoying that much, but that I can meet people that and just in, just feel that sense of normality, that there are loads of other people out there going through this. And whilst it might feel like you're alone and maybe I was very alone in my particular peer group, who had lots of children, while I was trying to conceive.
0: but There's so many people out
1: there that are going through it as well. And I just thought, oh, I wish I could have gone to that. That's how I remember meeting you and thinking what an amazing thing that is.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the community element is such a huge part of, you know, what I also found absolutely missing when we were going through everything. As you say, it wasn't, it wasn't there when I was going through everything either. and. That maybe that's why we're such, you know, drivers now of of making it different for people who are in it now and making sure that they don't feel that loneliness and that isolation. And it's it's interesting that you use that word lonely and that word anxious because I think it's possible to feel that at lots of stages of of our lives, isn't it? You know, we can be surrounded by people, we can be surrounded by friends, even, but we still have that real sense of just feeling alone
1: oh gosh yes I remember being at a christening once surrounded by my friends and all of their children and I think we just spelled a round of IVF and just thinking I can't be here (laughs) like here I am in, in my community and I don't feel like at the moment I belong at all um and and then you watch your friends meeting their NCT groups and their baby groups. And I remember seeing one friend and she'd gone to a sling dance, baby in the sling dance group. And I just thought you're kind of leaving me behind. And they weren't, they weren't. They were just living their lives and doing their things with the people that they were surrounded by at the time. But it just felt so like we'd gone on these different paths. And I just thought, you know, why shouldn't women have the opportunity to meet other women that are going through um, fertility challenges? And when we talk about women, but it's, it's men as well, which is really something I feel quite passionate about. So, this isn't going to always be a, a, a women only space, I'm hoping, but we need to do some work on what that might look like. I
0: think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that leaving behind piece is massive, isn't it? How did you manage that on your own journey? Um, well, yeah, I
1: think meeting my group of, of women on Mum's Net was was a pivotal point for me. It's like, okay, I'm not alone. Uh, Net forum is not, is quite, um, it's quite, we've come a long way since then, haven't we? Where we're just talking on a forum into an empty space without face, you know, without image. Um, but I, then I thought, okay, it's, it's not just me. I think I was an oversharer, Alice. So I think when I would meet people, I was like, I'm quite happy to share my story in the, in the thought that I might meet somebody that had gone through it. And I, and I really did, which kind of often made me feel worse. Um, and then I, I think a lot of the things that I do now I wish that I could put this head on me then because I think at the time I was trying so many things to get pregnant that probably weren't the things that were necessarily what I needed at that time I just didn't know I was in that place of seek and strive and fix and um I became really obsessed with hot yoga so I was doing hot yoga challenges I was doing 10k runs I was doing all this stuff to try and get myself in peak fitness and uh, I think I actually ended up putting myself in a, an even lonelier space in a way trying to tick everything off the list feel like I'd done everything that I possibly could and I, I feel really passionate about that now in terms of people being compassionate to themselves I mean you know I came to, I was at your day in January and I, I forget the name, sorry, I forget the name of the lady who began, but she was like, I tried everything. It was like, yeah, I tried. I can't think of anything that I didn't try uh, really far out of things. I was, I was commented on someone's post on Instagram yesterday and she's talking about, I, I feel guilty because I feel like I'm not, you know, I can't remember the words, but I'm not manifesting hard enough or I'm not clearing my mental blockages, And it's like all that stuff, all that blame, all that guilt. And I ended up really really unwell at the end so I think my managing has come through refining I think towards the end of my journey I got to a point where I think I need to refine this because this isn't working I have ended up really quite broken with anxiety and the way that anxiety had physically manifested in my body in terms of lots of symptoms gut symptoms heart palpitations all that kind of stuff it's like we need to reframe what you need. And I think I, I was stepping into that space, um, I would say in the, in the latter, maybe in the latter year of, of trying to conceive and thinking about what we were gonna do because I knew that that final round of IVF we had, I didn't want to do anymore. So it was kind of, okay, what does this look like? What does that acceptance look like? What does making peace with things look like? And I took my yoga in, in a more gentle direction actually was um doing a lot of kundalini yoga at the time <laughs> gone through a lot of yoga um I go through cycles with my yoga so there was a, I started to bring in a little bit more tenderness I
0: think.
1: that's where it started to shift
0: for me mm, yeah tenderness self-compassion because yeah we've spoken on this before and I know you're so passionate about it and I really I'm I'm actually excited to see you know what because I know you're 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 moving things in a, in a new direction now with the fold and everything that you're going to bring to this space and I'm, I'm really excited to see it because it's a desperately needed conversation around guilt and around that push and that you were saying that you know seeking striving fixing thing that we try to do to just you know I, it must it, there must be something else I can try there must be something else I can do and that guilt and that shame and that blame talk to me a bit more about that and why you're so passionate about rearranging that narrative. I think,
1: I think we have to remember that you know infertility is an industry and it's, it's a really fine balance for me. I think if we look at the average couple there, maybe they take, I think the stats are something like an average couple trying actually might take up to 12 months to conceive, might be. And I think in that 12 months to be able to buy the expensive supplements, change your diet, do all the things that feel like you want to do them. It's a reasonable amount of time to be in that space of, of, of kind of trying and striving, isn't it? But when we're looking at kind of longer journeys, so for me it was five years, for some people it's a lot more than five years. In fact, I think five years is probably a relatively short journey, actually. When we look at the kind of chat, you know, experiences that people go through, living your life like that day in, day out, thinking about what food you're consuming, thinking about whether you've done enough exercise, too much exercise, whether you are, you know, are you meditating enough? Are you done the hypnotherapy? Have you done all the stuff and living like that? Actually, I think it's really, really tough. And I think stepping out of it can be such, can be really hard. So for me, uh, and again, it's something that I've widely spoken about. I know we've spoken about it, but I think I am ready to speak about it more. I have a history of very disordered eating. So for me, it was just a black hole of, well, if I try harder and I do all of this diet and I cut this out and I try this and I try this. I think by about three or four years, I was in quite a poor shape, really, in terms of not knowing what to do. So I was in Sainsbury's and couldn't buy something, anything to eat because I was like, well, I'm not sure it's organic and I'm not sure this. It's like, oh, I can look back at that now and think, that isn't. That was not helpful for you as a, as a human being, and I think it's about thinking. So, like for example, I remember in the middle of it all, maybe three years into our experience, we went to London and we met with some friends, and it was a sunny day, and one drink turned into another drink, and we had a wonderful night. It was a really, really great night. And I woke up the next day feeling a bit rough, thinking, "Oh my goodness, I've just ruined everything." Like I've got an i cycle coming up, and I've trashed it, and just being in tears. And it's like you know. Has, I want to kind of soften things for people to say if it's Christmas, you know, you can have, there can be balance. And it's, it's well, how do we keep hold of that? And it's really hard. I'm not saying that there's the right answer, but I think I want to be the person that can, people can come to and I'm not going to say to them, well, have you, you know, I think you should really do this. Or I don't want to be that. And similarly with the yoga, I think, you know, facility yoga can be another thing on the list where I'm going to try it. And I fully understand that. I have huge compassion towards that because I, I've been there and I know it. But I think I want to never be the person that says, hey guys, I just did this course and 50% of my women are now pregnant. I, I find that really deeply problematic. I, I find it actually offensive when I see stuff like that because what message is that giving? It's giving, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I won't go too deep into that because we get kind of feisty, but I think... I want it to be something a little bit different. You know, yes, we will be focusing on um, poses that I think are appropriate, that have got that feminine energy. We might be doing a little bit of connection to heart to womb and spirals and all of that lovely wisdom. I, I don't think there's anything on fertility yoga that I haven't read and studied. But I've taken from all of that the bits that I feel work for me. And the, and the pieces that I think would work for a group of women who will all be at very different stages and places. I think when you work one-to-one with a woman, you can really tailor things and you can work with the cycle. But I, I with group classes, you know, I think you have to be offering something out where everybody feels safe. And it's not, there's not outcome at the end of it. It's about the, even if it's just for that hour or that night's sleep, or I think one of my, Someone that came to my, one of my latest courses, she messaged me after, at the end of one of the classes to say, Do you know, I just feel a little bit less afraid on Thursday nights. And I thought, you know, that—that that's what this is all about. I feel a little bit less afraid and a little bit less alone. And I think, you know, that is it for me. That, that felt, that's what I want.
0: Mm, oh, my God. I could just go into so many things that you brought up then. <laughs> I feel like there's so so much to um, deconstruct over what all of the stuff that you just said so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the first thing that you mentioned and then I'm gonna go through it because I really want I would love to speak speak a bit more about all of this so I think yeah gosh first of all the eating side of things the nutrition side of things and I can really relate because that is something that I went quite far down as well to the point where I was really very strict with myself over what would pass my lips like I was like I I cannot have that because you know I, I I was you know I saw somebody who was gave me lots of you know good information actually but I think I took it to the extreme where because I didn't have that balance at the time I didn't have anyone like you saying to me do you know what it's okay you know you can do the good stuff but you, you there's also a balance bit where it's all right to have you know some time off and all that softening you know I don't know 80
1: 20 you're on holiday twenty, eighty. you know like right. we are we are balanced and we are I think yeah I think you know we all want to eat well and we all want to be healthy but I think it's really easy to get very latched on in in a particular way of thinking about it that it, it becomes almost yeah it brings up those feelings of failure and guilt and shame, and that is the reason why. And I think, you know, fertility is so complex and so mysterious. Um, yeah, mm. so many people will resonate with that, of feeling like oh, I don't know where to turn and I've had that glass of champagne at Christmas and I'm really worried about it. I think that's really ordinary and really normal, but we, I think there needs to be a voice that is kind of saying, it's, it's gonna be okay. It's, mm.
0: It's- mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and understanding that actually part of that is, is actually taking a role in your responsibility of how much information you do take in, which I don't know whether that sounds a bit provocative, maybe. I don't mean it to. I mean it to just be like, you know, we do have um, more control over what we consume than maybe we think we do because we're bombarded with messaging all the time. So we, we have to go, all right, there's all this messaging coming in. How can I soften it? How can I make it more compassionate? And as a result of softening and more and, and being more compassionate, how does then how does that make me feel? Yeah. And therefore, what will my behaviour be as a result?
1: Because it's a relationship, isn't it? If you follow somebody on Instagram, or you, you buy a book about you know fertility and and, and lifestyle, they are relationships, and they are tacit relationships but they are still in a relationship. And if that relationship isn't making you feel good, and the words in that book have made you feel rotten and, and guilty, like, I remember having one particular book that said I was never drinking white wine. Like, it was terrible. It's like, oh, and I still remember that. I still remember the page it was on. It was like, okay, that book has to go, you know? <laughs> you know, send it to the charity shop. And if it was a relationship with a person and that person was making you feel like that in real life as a friend, then you might think, oh, Maybe that's relationships have its day, and you can mute and you can unfollow, and it's really tuning into what making you feel nourished. And mm. I really like the the intuitive eating, which has got a lot of um very gentleness, I think, and I, it's been very helpful to me.
0: Yeah, talk to me a bit more about. I'm going to come back to the things you said that um, in a minute, but just talk to me a little bit more about intuit, intuitive eating because I know you've brought that on the phone call with me for and i was really interested because i i don't know much about it so tell me about it i don't know
1: I'm not, I'm not an expert in it. I have to put some of my stories of people that I follow that I like. But I think it's about feeling I don't have to demonise a food group. I don't, I don't have to give up gluten if I don't have celiac disease. I don't have to only eat organic food. To, you know, because that's actually quite a privileged choice to be able to do that. Uh, I don't. Ha- it's okay if I do, you know, it's all about that balance. And, and it's, I mean, essentially, it's about listening to your own appetite, which is not always easy to do, actually. <laughs> We eat, we eat for lots of different reasons do we? we don't eat for lots of different reasons but there is a kind of there's a softening around that whole message in in the intuitive eating um, movement that, is, that gives you that kind of permission that you know there's no bad food and I love that it's okay you don't have to label sins and treats and all that kind of stuff it's it's food and our body is pretty miraculous in terms of what it does with food and I think I haven't found it very helpful to loosen the grip of some of my kind of rigidity around what I
0: put into my body. Mm, Yeah, because even just all the words you're using there, when you think about being strict and that rigid and you think, well, how, how is it going to make me feel if I'm strict and I'm rigid? You're going to feel a bit, you're going to feel trapped and you're going to feel like, not free and you're gonna feel like you're you have to keep going down this strict rigid path. Whereas when you go into that more intuitive, softer, more gentle approach, you know, we're not saying that you just eat cake all day, every day, although if you want to one day then go for it. <laughs> but actually be intuitive about your choices and take some responsibility in them. But, but joy, you know, I
1: think we can forget the joy of eating something that's just delicious for its own sake. My acupuncturist told me a story once, she was the most wonderful lady. Um, and she said, you know, it was probably a Chinese, coming from a Chinese story about a bowl of brown rice and then this delicious cake and we can eat the brown rice and that can be you know nourishable for ourselves and a good choice, but actually the cake, there is joy in the cake. And in terms of our chi and our energy and our flow, just that eating for pleasure without having to you know worry about it afterwards there's this room for both of those things in our lives and I, and I really like that the brown rice and the cake mm.
0: I love that I love that and and I speak quite a lot about joy and it's that because it connects us to ourself and that's what you were mentioning as well at the beginning there that you know you want your hub to be that place where you can use all of that wisdom that you have gathered over these years to help people reconnect to themselves which is also such a passion of mine and without joy without finding bits of joy it's very hard to connect to ourselves isn't it
1: yeah and it's so easy to lose sight of where we're finding joy isn't it when we're grieving or waiting or worrying and i think that is yeah i think not having it in your diet either it's like that yeah, I, I just so much I could say about it Alice but I, I, anyone that's listened to this who's found themselves in that place please know that you're not alone and every time I put my head up and I'm, I'm quite brave to talk about it on Instagram I do get a lot of messages I think it is a huge part of this experience that doesn't really get the spotlight that it probably needs.
0: Mm, no and I'm really grateful for you for talking about it because I think I completely agree and I think it's we need people like you to talk about it in your from all of your experience that you've got, you know, personal experience, mentoring experience, yoga experience, but you're such a knowledgeable person about this stuff. So it's it's really important that we do hear from people like you who can speak on it really knowledge, knowledgeably. <laughs> That's not a word.
1: <laughs> the practice, isn't it? It's about oh, I've noticed that I've gone into that space. But maybe you're getting ready for an IBS cycle and you're really trying to get everything right. But maybe it's about thinking, okay, it's over noticed i've gone into a space of not thinking about this in a very particular black and white way and maybe i need to kind of recalibrate a little bit i think Mm. we do do get in that space where it's really hard
0: to see beyond it i think yeah exactly and that's the other thing that i loved what you said was that you know you wish you could put your head that you have now on you back when you were going through the fertility stuff and i mean
1: i'm in that privileged position aren't i to know how my story ended to be able to say that but I think I didn't. I did notice a change in me around the four-year mark, where I kind of thought, "You've got to, you've got to make some changes to you, whatever that looks like." Whether that—I mean, we had started to look into adoption at that point, and I would started to feel really excited about that as a, as, a, as an avenue for us to go down. And um, I, I, I I just noticed the change in me. But I think the second year of trying was probably my most uh, awful year of of the way that I treated my body and the way that I treated myself um mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's I think my heart goes out to anybody that's still in that place because it's cyclical isn't it and, it, and we can find ourselves on steady ground one month and then the next month not so much so I think Thank it's you. it's like rowing your boat and you've got to kind of keep in that steady slipstream. and it, it's just if you get out of it you have to kind of think okay how can I get back mm-hmm. on a boarding I fall off board how can I get back on it again? The life raft. Yes, totally <laughs> the life raft. Totally, it doesn't have to be. We can suddenly make it all right and more. I think it's always changing and evolving, and everything you, you everything you take on, you can use little tools, just little tools to kind of come back to. And I know that you do so much of that work in your life.
0: In your life. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's also you know that this is also like and what I love um about what you do is that bringing in all of that knowledge and wisdom about um you know your breath work and your yoga and your mood you know that that's that's the kind of gap that I feel like I have in my knowledge is that yeah that embodiment of what is actually happening in our in our minds and then how it connects and then what happens to our bodies and mind you know that I love I love that you're making that connection that those well <laughs> just think of what we go
1: through like think of what we go through in terms of even like from the beginning, you're being tested, blood tests, the uh, HSG tests, uh, the treatment cycles, the IVF treatment cycles, all of that. Even getting, you know, your, your natural period, it's a, so much for our bodies. It's just so much for our bodies to hold. A mm-hmm. uh, little trauma reactions, even on, you know, even after six months of trying, I remember being at the airport, getting my period, I I'm just being devastated. And I think that is so much our bodies to experience that how can we find those kind of micro bits of of soothe self-soothing
0: I think yeah absolutely and actually yeah you're right because it doesn't actually have to be one of those big things like you know an IVFA or or, you know um, other other really big stuff that happens to your body as you go through this it can be those little micro moments and even a pregnancy announcement can be you know and it's such a physical reaction that you can have and that your body has to like process that because it, you know it, it catapults you into that um fight or yeah. flight it doesn't, doesn't it?
1: Fight, freeze, so many you can see it kind of passing through me like a movie of the things I experience like you know being in the doctors and getting test results and just thinking I, I don't know how to walk back to my car like I actually don't know how I'm going to physically walk myself back to the car um But there's so many, I think in any kind of extended fertility journey, any one person will have so, so many of those moments and our bodies don't always know how to process that. And I think we can, can really, yeah, I think the physical impact of long-term anxiety and stress on our physical being is, is really tough. And, And how can we, yeah, take, some space just to think, right, okay, I could really do with a better night's sleep tonight. I could really do with my heart not racing so much this evening. It doesn't have to be, right, I'm gonna heal, heal myself and it's all gonna be fine from here on in. I think it's that, those little cycles, little rituals that you can put in place that you know you've got. And I actually called upon it myself recently. And uh, <laughs> it's a really pathetic story, but I got stung by a bee and it really, and it really worried me It was like, oh gosh, uh, I've got a history of anaphylaxis, and I was like, it was swelling up my thought and I was like, I could feel myself, and it was like, okay, what do you practice what you teach? <laughs> it's just like, came back to the breath, had a little look around the room, and things that I could see, and it's like, right, okay, that's all I needed. I just needed to just do that, those two things, and I'm back, I'm back in the room. So I think just having them and having them really kind of embedded that you know you've got those things that you can come to. Uh, you know, you've got injections to do and that's just terrifying then what what can we have in a little mini toolbox that might be able
0: to help with it yeah oh my god definitely tell yeah I'm sure everyone listens like what 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 can I do <laughs> so what is what is your go-to like when you say you know when you had that beast during the day when you did your injections what is your go-to thing?
1: I think for me and I think that can sound really quite cliched. It's like, I'm oh, not the breath again, but actually it's really powerful. So you have to find the breath that works for you. Um, and I think, it, you know, three breaths in, three breaths out. Just that what just taking 30 seconds just to do that in your day when everything's getting too much can just be a bit of an energetic reset, I think. I like to breathe in for five and out for seven for for about a couple of of minutes that can be really really grounding if you you know if you're sat in that waiting room thinking oh gosh I just can't ah," then just coming back to that quite for me looking around and counting some things that I can see I think like actually physically being in the space and maybe some things that I can hear you can go through all of the senses but for me it's like okay where am I where am I in the room um they're tools really that I think people that have been through a lot of quite dramatic experiences about that kind of okay I don't, or not going into that disassociation or freeze or that place of real kind of fear space just bring yourself back to the here and now I'm safe um quite like hand on the heart the little tiny moments little I heard on a podcast with Richard Wood lately I don't know whether you, you ever listened to him he, he does the Gene Keys work he's like little islands of calm and I thought that's so nice just find that little wow. islands of calm that can be really really small but you know hand on the heart maybe hand on the belly um just those little things doesn't have to be huge you don't have to get on the mat and do an hour restorative practice because sometimes you can't access that if you're really really anxious it's probably not it might not you might not be able to do that, you know, you might not be able to go and do a meditation if you're in that state of, um, if you're in that flight state or or that kind of, your body's getting into that fight place and you're probably not going to be able to sit and do that guided meditation or or that, you know, Shavasana or Yoga Nidra without your mind going all over the place. So if you go out for a walk instead and don't beat yourself up that you didn't do the yoga or you just had to do something else, you know, you have to watch, I don't know, something on the telly.
0: Yeah oh my god definitely I think for me what I found really helpful when I started learning about this stuff was to understand why it was why I was doing it and that you know actually there was a really good I did a course with Lauren Barber who we both know and um, she's wonderful and she taught me quite a lot about um what happens when we go into that um fight flight or freeze mode and then therefore what we need to do to come out of it and you know that that it's a as a stressor so the stress that will come in and then it needs you need to complete the stress cycle so that you can actually get rid of it and everything you're talking about there all those islands of calm all the little tools and the breath and everything that 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 is a way to complete that stress cycle and just kind of the
1: uniqueness of it so everyone will have a different set so yes if you are ready and I think of all the things that happen when we're trying to um conceive and and, and going through all of the things maybe hospitals maybe family relationships all those things why would we not be in fight or flight we're ready to something to happen to us aren't we so it's about if we want to come back into that parasympathetic nervous system where our bodies can rest and digest what are the what are the kind of what's the bridge for you that helps you to be able to do that and, and it may be yoga, and it, and it may be, you know, great. Come along to a restorative yoga class. Brilliant. It may be that you need to go on a run for some people and get some of that adrenaline out to be able to access some of the kind of soothing things. Um, it, it may be that you need to, I don't know, light a candle or a bath. Something really that's going to take you back. And we need to find out what works for us. And um, I think it will be different for everybody. But I think, for me, breath... Is really important
0: yeah definitely and this is actually something that i um talk about you know when i do the very first module of reclaim which is building your life raft and explaining what i mean when i talk about building, building my life building your life raft is that exactly that that is it's, it's got to be bespoke <laughs> so your life raft is bespoke it's it's unique to you because not everyone will you know respond to the yoga or the run or whatever and for me one of my big things is um is like i'm just drawn to water all the time so Quite often, I'm, you know, luckily I work from home. <laughs> so sometimes in the middle of the day, I'll just go and have a hot shower because I just feel like that need to like, and I find it really cleansing and I find it really helpful to just reset my energy. And like, you know, th- th- that for me is like a real go-to like have a shower, have a bath, um, which obviously is not <laughs> accessible always to lots of people and sometimes not to me. So just to understand, okay, well, I can't have a shower or a bath right now. What can I do that might help me to, you know, come into that a little bit?
1: Um, It's clean sheets on the bed and you go and you just lie down, you know, (laughs) and you get nice lovely clean sheets and you put some nice music on and you take that time. It's about kind of trying out those different things and and, and when, you know, not saying that that's going to take it all away. And I think that's another important thing as well, isn't it? To say that I think something that I needed to do and that I had to do, Um, quite recent, quite in the past few years, actually. Uh, It's always very tender and delicate to say, but I really wanted to have another child, which I I would kick myself in the face if uh, five years ago for saying that, because I'm like, you know, if you are lucky enough to have one child, then that you could never think that you should deserve any other children. But we have, and we haven't been able to do that. I think for me, honouring my grief and honouring the whole of what I've experienced since I was 32, 31, whenever we started trying, I've wanted to run away from that. And I haven't really wanted to sit with those difficult feelings of, of, um, yeah, pain, because we don't, do we? Someone said, well, you need to go and sit with your pain. I'm like, no thanks. (laughs) I'd rather do anything else than do that. But actually, I think being with what we are feeling, uh, for me, has been quite, critical in terms of being able to move into a, a space of acknowledgement and a space of recognition of everything that we have endured as a couple and and loss and all of the losses all of the many losses and big losses and yeah it's been i've had to, to do that work and it's been painful but it's been worth it
0: mm, absolutely honoring that pain and on and acknowledge because we can't actually move into the next bit i don't think unless we sit In the difficult moment if we come down and just go okay and really look at you know and and actually i think i think that's really relevant to talk about when it comes to fear that's come up a lot here because you know your space that you're very passionate about creating a really safe harbor and a really safe and gentle space because so much of the time we are living in we literally are scared like a lot of the time when we're going through fertility stuff we feel so much fear about what will happen what won't happen so I, as well yeah it's just so
1: much unknown um so much that we want to know like I want to know the reasons why I want to know the answer I want to know what's going to happen I want to know what the ending is going to be um and, and it's scary it, you know I think you wrote a post about it being terrifying and that's resonated with me so much because it is terrifying and um I think if I could just yeah someone can walk through these doors and just for that hour and a half that they're here feel like okay mm. they can just more up here for a little bit mm. and then I'm not alone mm. hopefully that will be some soothes that I can send back out into the world through a really difficult experience um and, and it's difficult isn't it because I think people sometimes say well you know sit with your feelings and
0: I don't know what they are. I think we don't always
1: know what our feelings are, do we? And I think that gets said so much. It's like, you know, notice how you feel. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I feel numb. And maybe numbness is actually perfectly valid. I think it's about adding validity to all of the things that we feel and experience. And um, we don't always have to have language to attach to something. We don't always have to know even. But we have to give ourselves space, I think.
0: Yeah absolutely that space and you know you're right sometimes we don't know I actually have I feel like I get people tell me a lot I don't really know how to label this or I don't understand and it's helpful to become more um, aware and more emotionally intelligent because when we are able to understand a little bit more then we are able to probably give ourselves what we need more but at the same time sometimes we are really just not going to know and that's also totally totally fine I've had really odd like 24 hours where I've had all kinds of weird feelings bubbling up and I honestly you know Simon's go to what's the matter and I'm like I don't I don't know like I'm just feeling very emotional and I just feel like I need to feel that and uh, and yeah and and actually That brings me on to something which I feel really strongly about as well, is that that idea of having to, and I'm doing uh, quotation marks, people listening, try to stay positive. Like that really gets my goat because I'm like, no, you don't need to try and stay anything. You just have to be.
1: You don't have to walk through the rocky hills of infertility with a smile on your face because it's really, really tough. You know? And I think that that yeah, there's that kind of. I think people quite often who maybe haven't experienced it will go to that as advice because they want to make the other person not be in that place because it's really uncomfortable to watch somebody else in grief or pain. Um, but I think the whole yeah, you're not you're not conceiving because you're not thinking about it in a positive way. is just not. I think we're hopefully moving on from that. That's what I'm hope, and I know you've done so much work on that um you don't have to feel positive or ever (laughs) you don't have to think that that's the reason why you are where you are um because you have to someone has to walk in someone else's shoes don't they I think for 100 miles before they say well come on (laughs) (laughs) up." (laughs) because people find it difficult to know how to help don't they
0: yeah, and oh gosh, absolutely. You know, and that, that, as we, as you know, I could absolutely go down a, a path of you know the things people say, <laughs> but we'll stay with we'll stay with the um with the feeling thing because I think that it's really helpful to know that it isn't you know, and I know that you, this again is something that we feel strongly about is like trying to get this message out that it is not your fault. It's not your fault. You know, if if you haven't been able to stay positive. But for me, and again, something which I talk about in reclaim, I like to think of positivity as it, I think it's positive to cry. I think it's positive to be angry. I think it's much more positive to feel how we feel than to pretend to feel any other way than than what we're feeling, as difficult as that might be.
1: And it has to be a, an unlearning and a relearning sometimes, doesn't it? Because I think, think I don't think in my own childhood. Uh, it was you know well we always were we always allowed to be all of those things all of the time you know and express ourselves in the way that we probably wanted to we have to kind of relearn how to find that sometimes um i don't think for a long time i really knew what angry felt like i think i do now <laughs> yeah, i think i do now but i'd say for a lot of life, a lot of my adult life i've not felt very in touch with that emotion i think it's really complex um Someone gave me a, a little emotions wheel in, in a group chat. Like a moment, we were talking about how we don't always know what we're feeling, and it was this huge emotion wheel. It's like actually that's quite useful because I can kind of look at look at it in a different way when there's like a hundred words there we don't have words in our English language for all the feelings that we feel either so I think that's you know it isn't always we can't always think our way out of some of these things we just have to kind of feel it and that's where embodied work can be quite so useful because like let's let's just notice notice sensation let's notice lack of sensation let's just notice what's living in our physical tissue at the moment as we're together Mm. and I really love that I love that work Mm. it's gentle exploration isn't it and we can then maybe we can let some things go, we can
0: move some things on. Mm. Uh, yeah. exactly, exactly that. And I think, yeah, the emotions wheel that came up when I, I first heard about the emotions wheel when I did a podcast with Chloe Brotheridge, actually, like a good. Gosh. Year and a half or so ago now, two years ago maybe I spoke with but and I was like, oh, that's helpful. And now I bring that into the things that we go through and in, in some of the work that we do because I feel like that does come up so much of the time. And actually, when we're able to go, ah, okay, so I'm feeling maybe like this is is a really helpful thing to be able to do. But also, you know, coming back into the embodiment thing, that yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? How our bodies might give us signs as to if something isn't feeling right and I've definitely been feeling that in the last twenty four hours something has not been feeling right I don't know what it is but really trying to just listen and, and you
1: know. like quite often in the yoga class someone might say relax the jaw and you're like oh I didn't even realize that they we're actually walking around all day clenched because we don't we don't kind of notice those kind of small sensations that we're holding or we're gripping or Um, And I think it's just useful to have that time to to kind of unravel a little bit and, um, yeah, peel some of those things away so that we can kind of come into that more restful place. I actually went to a yoga class myself on Sunday. I haven't been to one for ages. It was absolutely beautiful. It was with um, Katrina from Yoga. I was going to put her in there because she's so wonderful. And I I was really, I couldn't get into it to start with. Then all of a sudden... I let myself, and I think I had that permission to just let myself, and it was just wonderful. And by the end, you know, you have that feeling where you think, "Oh, I can't do I do. I don't know whether I want to come to the class because I know it'll be wonderful because she does lots of other kind of teachings about summer solstice, and I really want to do that. But I my body isn't feeling yoga tonight. And then by the end, I just have the most magical sleep. And I think sometimes it's just. Letting surrendering it's a surrendering and it suddenly finds you and it's like oh there it is that sweet spot of of what's what I needed and I, I think that's if I can just kind of get that in some people that come to my class and that's I feel really kind of like I've achieved something I think that little doorway into something a bit more a bit calmer less choppy waters
0: it's that tiny tiny thing and we don't realize how powerful those little tiny things are because actually they build up and every time we do that small thing and every time we do find the way to surrender and i love surrendering that's like my a big word surrender but people often aren't sure about it because when you talk about surrender it can it can bring up feelings of like well surrender means giving up and And then that has all these connotations. And actually it's not to do with that at all. It's that
1: control or all that kind of, what happens if I put all of that down, I don't actually know who I'm going to be or what's going to be there on the other side. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's so, it's such a relief. It is such a relief to just.
1: I think it's quite common for people to cry and it's quite common for people to say, I'm really sorry that I'm crying. I think we are used to apologizing and actually, that, if, that is so, can be so cleansing, but our impulse is to like want to hide it away, isn't it? And not show people that that's what's happened and, and feel like we have to um, hold those tears back in and wipe them away. It's like, actually, maybe that is exactly what you needed. And I think it's really interesting that you can know, quite often, people can be lying in Shavasana and just start crying. And I think it's just that sense of release and we don't have to understand it even, but I think it's just allowing, uh, which is hard.
0: Mm, mm, yeah allowing surrendering all of that it's such a relief and it's so important I could literally talk to you Helen all day and I'm really <laughs> noticing that we're coming up to our, our allotted you know time that we've carved out for this chat just one more question for you before I let before I let you go um so we've spoken about you know lots of the things that you reach for what would you say is in your life rough right now Ooh.
1: That's a good question. <laughs> it has to be my yoga mat. I'm imagining my life raft at sea now. It's going to have to be quite a big raft. It has to be my yoga mat. And um, whether that is getting on it uh, or just having it there, knowing it's there for the physical practice, beyond physical practice, breath work, meditation, and then all the other little things, all the esoteric things that you know that I love—essential oils and cacao and meditation and journaling—all of that kind of happens on my mat. I do it on my mat. So the mat has to go with me because that's. I need a little bit of solitude if I can. I know that's not always easy to come by. So solitude with my own little practices and, and a pen so I can write uh, and paint. Because so I, I, I express a lot of my feelings through painting and writing, which maybe I can share with people actually in, in the coming year. Um, and then people. I don't want to be alone on my little raft. So I've got my mark, he's like my rock. Um, and yeah, friends, those friends, you know, those friends that really see you. And then I think I'd have a hamper, and like a hamper of joy. And in that hamper, there'd be like, you know, really posh glass of cold white wine. There'd be a nice cake, some luxe spa products, like, you know, spoil yourself, eat the cake, eat the burger. I'd have like my joy hamper, my little life raft, paddling it. Oh, nature. I'd have to have a little secret door that would take me out into the woods or the ocean or, yeah, somewhere where I can my telescope so it's getting a bit heavy now I've probably sunk the raft I have a big telescope because I'm in my garden and you know if I'm really struggling and I don't feel like getting on my mat or walk in the trees or get my scope out and look at the moon or the stars. It's very humbling and, and nourishing just to get that sense of connection with the bigger the bigger sphere the celestial sphere that we're in you know I love all of that stuff connecting to all those rhythms and seasons and cycles and moon and and it kind of it's really calms me so yeah secret door <laughs> <laughs> i know i said that on, a, on your podcast
0: before <laughs> got a little secret door oh. um, i really want to come with you on that life rock and i think we would have a lovely time <laughs> i'm just gonna leave i'm just gonna park mine and come and get yours and we'll go for a little sale and we'll just have such a delightful time looking at everything
1: nature photography so i grew up with all of that stuff i grew up uh, it's just like a language to me and i I'm so, I feel so lucky that I have it. I, I know that all the stars in the sky and I'm so glad that he taught me all of the stuff, all the words for moths and plants and creatures and I, as part of my literacy. And I go there and feeling like I can't access everything else. It's like, let's go and dragonflies and.
0: Forget everything else. I think yeah. you, you, you are such a well of wisdom and I feel like I just want to like soak you up and like imprint you on You have so much to, to um share with them. I really want to thank you for your time today and like you know, for everything that you do and that I know is coming. I just know it's gonna be the most beautiful, safe, gorgeous, lovely offerings that you'll you're, you're- okay, Alex, please come one day. That would be so lovely i would love that i would really love that thank you so much helen helen where can everyone find you so this is the fold that's my studio on
1: instagram I'm at the fold i've got a few events this summer only a few uh, and more things running in the autumn and i'm also training in womb massage so that's going to be my holistic thing that i'll be offering here i really want to go on that journey and take other people on that journey as well so and I'm always there people want to you know I'm I'm mostly in my dms and I love those relationships that I have that I'm sure you have that as well Alice so I'm always there the door is always open if people want to come to me or ask me anything then, then please do
0: thank you so much Helen and yeah everyone go and find Helen on Instagram she is amazing and yeah just the most delightful delightful person thank you so much don't don't you just want to hang out with Helen all the time <laughs> I do um i I find myself um sending her long voice messages on both WhatsApp and Instagram um and she does the same, and I think we just we just have an awful lot that we feel aligned with um and that we love to talk about and I just uh, anyway, so that's why I wanted to get her on this podcast because I knew that you, everyone who listens to this would would love it so. Please let us know what you think, as ever. Um, Pop over to Apple and leave us a review there. It really does make a huge, huge difference to who actually finds this podcast. Um, Or just also let let me know. Get in touch. Alice at ThisIsAliceRose.com Come and find me at ThisIsAliceRose and Helen can be found on Instagram at underscore the underscore fold, um, which I highly recommend. So I hope that you are feeling well today. I hope you're going gently. I hope that this podcast has helped to fill up your own life raft or given you some inspiration on how you might think about filling it up um, yourself today. And if it has, then let us know as ever. We are here for you and we love hearing from you. So take care And see you soon.